I cannot tell you enough how damn delicious that limoncello tasted in the hot sun on a picture-perfect blue sky day on a very fine and very seaworthy motorboat with one very personable and friendly Capitano who was more than happy to share his wife's limoncello with us. Mm-mm-mm. Benvenuti to Kimberly's Italy. My name is Kimberly Holcomb and I am here with the one and only world-famous <laughs> Tommaso Favoloso that you now know how to pronounce correctly. Yes, See? <laughs> Tommaso Favoloso. Bravo. See. All right, I'm very excited to tell you about my time on this stunning island of Procida this past November. However, first I want to mention a few updates that my Italian friends and colleagues are sharing with me, as in like even an email about five minutes ago. And that is that they all think this year, 2023, is set to outdo last season in terms of visitors all over the country. And this is coming from drivers I hire for my clients, private boat owners, restaurant owners, managers of all types of hotels, villas, and even a villa rental company. And this by no means is meant to put you off at all. But I just want to disclose this recent news for those of you who are thinking about going. And if you haven't started digging in yet, or at least been searching for accommodations, this is this is why I'm telling you this. You better start yesterday. Yes. <laughs> and you know, the accommodation aspect, that is the very first thing I do with clients once they decide on where they want to go. I send them options in their price range. They choose what they think will fit them best. And then we book all the accommodations. Everything else can fall into place afterward. Yet, I have a lot of clients, when I tell them this news of how busy Italy is, they are open-minded to suggestions of places off the beaten tourist path. So let's say they choose, okay, I'll do Rome for sure, and then what do you suggest? So I tell them about small villages that they most likely have never heard of, Yet I know of a lot of lovely and unique accommodations that would allow them to have a more local and like an authentic experience. And when you're in a less populated place, and you know this firsthand, Tommaso, you will meet more locals and that's when the vacation becomes buonissimo. And you get better food pretty much too because the locals really cater to you. I wouldn't say it's better food. Well, you're just not, it's not like you're sitting outside the Pantheon in Rome. Except at Al Armando. But anyway. (laughs) Well, it's just a different experience. And, uh, you know, if you say, I'd like to go to Venice, Florence, and Rome in August. But see, that is why I'm sharing this because a lot of my clients do just that. And I will make it happen. But I warn them and say it's going to be very crowded, most likely very warm. Can't really rely on the infrastructure for consistent air conditioning, that kind of thing. I'm very honest up front. That's why to those that are open about it, I suggest these smaller places. And I I personally think this is the most significant benefit to hiring a travel planner like myself someone that has connections and friends in the places that you'll visit. And of course, I don't have friends in every inch of Italy, but the ones I do have make my clients' trips all that much more fun. And I'd like to correct something you just said. 
What? They can't hire a travel planner like yourself. They hire you. La oh. Capa. <laughs> I was sharing the love. No, There's no. a lot of travel specialists out there, yeah, travel yeah, planners. Yeah, yeah. There are. Yeah. All right. Carrying not, on. Not nearly as much fun as we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Carrying on. As I just mentioned, when you meet a local somewhere, your trip just becomes that much more you know, real and fun. And so speaking of meeting random locals, that's exactly what happened to us on the island of Prochida. And it all started on our very first day. Prochida was our last stop on this girl's trip at the end of October, the beginning of November. Just like we mentioned in last week's episode on back on the Amalfi Coast, the weather was still amazing, warm and sunny and what'd we call it? Happy weather. Happy weather. So also in the last episode, I mentioned that our very friendly driver dropped us off at the port in Napoli and we took the 50-minute ferry ride to Prochida. But when we got on, I was like, what's going on? It was really crowded, like jam-packed crowded. And I soon figured out why. It was the weekend that started the Festa di Tutti Santi, which means All Saints Day. And that is both a religious and public holiday every year on November 1st. And Italians take tutti santi molto, molto serio. (laughs) Very serious. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So just like this last fall, tutti santi was on a Tuesday, November 1st. But we were going to the island on a Friday or Saturday. So it was full of people from Everywhere, all even from Rome, Florence, they all came down to go to islands. That's what they like to do in when the weather's still nice. So this ferry was jam packed, and I thought, "Ooh, Dio mio, what's the <laughs> island going to be like?" But it was all fabulous once we got there. And in episode fifty-three of ours from last June, which was on the islands of Ischia and Procida, the island of Procida was declared which is what I mentioned in that episode, was declared Italy's capital of culture for 2022. So that is probably why it was also crowded at the end of the season. And their whole season of 2022 most likely was crowded because why not go visit the new capital of culture? And it was the first time an island has been given that title. So when we finally got off the ferry in Marina Grande in Procida, I thought we could all walk to our accommodations because, you know, I was looking, searching on the earth view of the island on Google Maps previously. I'm like, oh, we can totally walk there. And I had convinced them all to take carry-on suitcases for the entire trip. And this is where I have to admit that even I can make some mistakes. Our little sweet hotel actually had a shuttle, a shuttle type van that could have picked us up at the ferry. Did I book that? No, thinking we could walk, (laughs) right? Oops. But like I said, everyone had to carry on a small little suitcase with wheels. However, one woman had an additional canvas bag that was filled with, uh, I don't know, who knows what. It was heavier than all of our bags put together. So I felt somewhat responsible for this walk. So I carried that bag on my shoulders, or on my back, I should say, on top of my own little petite backpack that wasn't heavy. And we're all walking up these stone, quote-unquote, streets. And I was convinced 
one of us, one of the seven suitcases was going to break a wheel, but we did it. <laughs> it. It worked. We made it. And when we walked in the door of this little hotel, once everyone saw the view, I was hoping that if any of them had been annoyed at my decision about walking, it was clearly over. They didn't mind because this place was amazing. And I've stayed in a lot of sweet places in Italy, but this one just sucked me in from the first minute, the first second I walked in. And then when we each got to our own rooms, I had this amazing terrazza, this large terrace that was so tasteful, so simple, so comfortable with a view to die for. And I knew the second I walked in there, A, this was the perfect place to end our trip. And B, instantly I was like, what clients do I have upcoming that I can convince to go uh, here? I thought you would say B, Tommaso should be here. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. That was like <laughs> Z. And guess what? What are we planning to do this September? See, we're going to uh -huh, So don't give me that, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, I actually have three sets of clients going there this summer, 2023. And next year, I think... I think I have an entire family and all their friends booking the entire place for their wedding. Like, how beautiful is that? Our very first night there at dinner, the very lovely, funny, personable, friendly server started chatting away in rapid fire Italian, which is clearly the, the way they speak on Procida is clearly influenced by the Napolitano dialect, or at least, at the very least, the Napolitano velocity of their <laughs> speech. <laughs> but I got used to it as the days wore on. I was like exhausted that first night. <laughs> your ears, your ears needed a rest. Well, because if I'm not in Italy for a while, you know, when I lived there, I was totally fluent. But, you know, when I go back now, I, I'm still translating almost each sentence in my head, especially if it's fast. So she had asked me that night at dinner if we were all going to go on a boat the next day. And I responded that I hadn't planned on it. But now that I had seen the island's outline, coastline from the ferry ride, and also I had walked to the top of the highest part of the island and saw the harbor and the, the lay of the land from there, I said, oh, we definitely should. So she's like, <laughs> and I gathered from that that... <laughs> <laughs> that arrangements were made to speak the next morning at breakfast because, quote unquote, she would figure something out. I was like, va bene, grazie mille, buonanotte. I went down for my cappuccino at like 7.38 and that something was completely organized, totally figured out. And she rattles off the name of Nuncio amongst the other blah, 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 and told me to come back at noon to pick up the panini she was going to make for all seven of us. And then she asked, Quante bottiglie di uh, vino rosso italiano vogliono? How many bottles of Italian rosé would you like? I was like, oh, she's thought of everything. So I said foolishly, too. Like, duh. What were I, you thinking? I know. I I'm wasn't. glad I wasn't on that trip. <laughs> what would you all have drunk? What? What I just said was, oh, oh, like you would have drank two bottles yourself. That's crazy. Nuncio and I. Oh, Nuncio. <laughs> It was so sweet. And she was telling me all of this information with the biggest smile on her face and running around at, you know, quarter of eight in the morning as if she had already had like three espressos. <laughs> so each of the girls did their own thing that morning before we were to meet at noon. They walked around the village and 
some of them went to the top of the island called Terra Murata, which is the oldest settlement on the island dating back to the Middle Ages, no less. Right? Just a random little island was occupied in the Middle Ages. From there, from the top of Terra Murata, you can see the island of Ischia, the whole Bay of Napoli, and the mountainous Amalfi coastline. And I was on my own that morning, and I walked every single teeny sidewalk street, as I love to do, because, as I've mentioned before, the locals, we talked about this just last episode, the locals are accustomed to you walking by their window and their little terraces, and once you make eye contact and say, buongiorno, you get this huge smile and a return greeting, and I love, love that about being in a in a small place like that. That doesn't really happen to that extent in downtown Napoli. Rome. <laughs> <Or Yeah>. Rome. <laughs> so, and I also took a lot of video because I'm in awe of the fact that on this island, those little op bays and other three-wheeled transport type cars, they were moving like construction materials to, you know, stucco and stones in these teeny three-wheeled things. And somehow... They fit up these ancient streets, barely squeezing through, you know, the outside walls of apartment buildings or, you know, houses, quote unquote. And it just, I find it funny and entertaining and awesome. And I would stand in, you know, the doorframe of a, of a house, of a building to take the video. And of course, they all have their, you know, side view mirrors folded in. Folded in, sure. I don't even know why they just should. They should just knock them off if they live on that island. <laughs> so we all met back at the hotel and walked with our panini and rosé at noon down the docks until we would find a man named Nuncio. And during this little walk looking for Nuncio and his boat, this is when I mentioned to all the girls, I said, listen, even if this boat is old and beat up, let's not care because That sweet woman went to such an effort to make this day on the water happen for us. So let's not, let's not mind. Okay. They're like, no problem. So we were all, you know, agreed upon that. And then when we finally found Nuncio, we were psyched to see that his boat was really, really nice. And four of these women I was with, they all have cottages on the water in the state of Maine here in New England. And they're boaters. I mean, A few of these women, I'm sure, knew how to start an outboard engine by the time they're like three or four. (laughs) So they looked at this boat and they're like, fantastic. So off we go with Nuncio, whom immediately was renamed Capitano. And we motored out of the marina past all the old fishing boats that, as I've mentioned before in that episode 53, Procida was and still is a fishing village, a fishing island, I should say. And these fishing boats, 90% of them are wooden boats, completely wood, painted brightly, just like the colors of all the buildings on the island. And every single one, I kid you not, was maintained perfectly. And I'm bringing this up, especially for Tommaso, because this really stood out to me. Because even here in Newport, Rhode Island, which is historically the most well-known seaport for sailing in America due to the history of the America's Cup races, there are some very sad and neglected boats in Newport Harbor. Oh, there are some Bowsers. (laughs) And we, we talk about it all the time when we're sailing around, you know, Newport Harbor, like... How, how does that person not have 
pride in their boat. Yeah, yeah. And here in the island of Prochita, every single boat, I cannot wait for you to see it. You won't believe it. So that, to me, stood out, and I was really, really happy about it. And the other thing I was thinking that maybe why all the boats were so well-maintained is because Prochita, maybe they made a larger effort than normal since 2022 was... The culture. The capital of culture Culture, title. So that was their pride and honor. But I don't know. I think Italians overall, I mean, their maritime heritage dictates that they maintain it well. I mean, all the racing boats, you know, that I've been... very well... Very good point. You know, they have a very big, even Newport being what it is here, the center of yachting on the East Coast, looks like the minor leagues when you go to Italy and start seeing some of, you know, Their like Puerto Trevo yeah. and it really does. That's a good point. And, and you know what? I'm not going to brag here, but Tommaso did do the America's Cup a long, long time ago here in Newport. So he of all the people I know um, knows what he's talking about when it comes to <laughs> sailing. All right. We'll get into that another episode. And finally, the last thing I want to say about the boats is I'm not even sure that they're ever hauled out because they have stellar weather most of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's even harder to keep them so well maintained. So just throwing out there a big um, aguri complimenti to all the fishermen on the island of Perchida. You have some beautiful boats. Nuncio took us around the entire perimeter of the island, all 1.4 square miles of it. (laughs) However, it seemed much larger by boat and much more rocky, cliffy from the water. It was just taller than I expected, yet its highest elevation is only 49 feet. But when it's a stone mass... Straight up. Then it, it just definitely was more, you know, visually... Right, because you're, well, you're also closer to it. Correct. It's rising out of the water, so Correct. it looks higher because your head's tilted and more. And plus, it's all this like tufa stone, old volcanic. It had been a volcano, kind of like, you know, different rock um, quality color. So it was very impressive. So Nuncio took us around the island slowly and explained in Italian, which I then translated everything that we were looking at. And then he dropped an anchor on the south side of the island, and we had our panini and rosé, which we shared with Nuncio. And that's when I thought, should have asked for more than two bottles for eight of us. And we carried on again after lunch, and he cruised over to the coast of another Tufa Stone, uninhabited teeny island to the southwest. He dropped an anchor again, and everyone went swimming, except for me and Capitano, Because, as I mentioned before, I completely forgot to bring my bathing suit. And, man, was I jealous because that was the most unbelievable-looking swimming spot. And the the six women were out there just floating and happy and smiling, doing their funny little water ballet routines. (laughs) And I just spoke with Nuncio. We had such a good time. I have a little issue. I have a little issue with this here, given the fact that we live in Jamestown. In Rhode Island, and our time together on the ocean and everything else, that you A, didn't order enough rosé, <laughs> and B, forgot your bathing suit. I know, suit. I so know. So when's the third shoe going to drop here? It didn't, luckily, so those Ugh. are my only two mistakes. Well, okay. minus walking up with all of our luggage. Okay. <laughs> when the girls finally got back on board, Capitano went below and came up with the bottle of limoncello that his wife had made. 
just like I described in the beginning of this episode. Why don't you just go one more time? Well, what? How how wonderful perfect it was. It was, yes. it was okay. <laughs> Sipping limoncello in the hot sun on the back of a nice boat. And I kid you not, there was not a cloud in the sky. That cobalt blue picture perfect sky on a very, very lovely boat with a funny, friendly, awesome Capitano who was more than happy to share his last bottle of his wife's limoncello. And I have to admit that we actually finished the bottle. (laughs) And then the slow cruise back past the rest of the island was absolutely idyllic. So all of that, just the only word to describe this day was idyllic. And it was made possible by the two local islanders. And all it takes, this is my, my main theme here, all it takes is a I'd like to ask one question about the locals and that time. Did you see any other tourists on other boats? Not that day. So there's a wonderful, another wonderful example of the off season. You're there having this yes, beautiful correct. day. Correct. No tourists. But, I mean, but all those hundreds and hundreds of people that were on the ferry, they just walked around and had lunch and yeah, do their and they, stroll. And they left. They're Italians. But also, you you know, you know, weren't very far from Amalfi, and all of a sudden there was a mob scene probably in Amalfi. Correct. But you weren't experiencing that here. Correct. Well, we had just left Amalfi. Right. But my main theme here is all it takes is for a local to see your enthusiasm about their hometown, or in this case, their home island. And then the innate generosity that most Italians possess comes out helps you out, and then all of a sudden your vacation is just fantastico. And it is true that I can speak Italian with them, which kind of breaks the ice, but most of them speak English. The majority of Italians in the hospitality industry, even on a little in a little shop in a random quiet neighborhood of Rome, chances are they're going to speak enough English that they can help you. But When I do speak Italian with them, I think they find it entertaining because (laughs) I make grammatical mistakes and I'm sure more than I know. Right. But they think it's cute and I'm trying and and we appreciate the same. And they will just befriend any visitor who makes this effort to compliment anything, their, their ravioli, their boat, their wine, and even like... I complimented the Napolitano crazy taxi driver. He's like, grazie. <laughs> so hopefully all, he kept his hands on the wheel. Well, one, one drove with one hand while the other hand was just flailing the no, entire it, the time. Other, the other hand that was talking. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's my point here. Make an effort, try to befriend somebody in the simplest way, just by, sharing your enthusiasm about where you are, which is their hometown. The next day, four of us walked every other inch of the island that we hadn't seen yet, including the northernmost point where on Google Maps, there was this icon because I zoomed into it. I was like, oh, lighthouse. It was called Roche del Faro. I love lighthouses. We have on our island here, America's third oldest lighthouse. It's only the foundation left, but there's history there and it's stunning, you know, that geography. So since I love lighthouses, I convinced these other three women to go to Roche del Faro. And that translates to like the cliffs of the lighthouse, the rocks of the lighthouse. 
So to get there, we had to walk through some different looking residential neighborhoods and all their very serious and impressive vegetable gardens. And then finally, we started to go down hundreds and hundreds of ancient stone steps and they were spaced wide. So as you're walking down, it's like you had to like concentrate. You can't, like, you can't get a rhythm going. No, kind of like those stone steps in um, Lago di Como at Christmas. Yes, yes. So yes. anyway, so we were all probably secretly thinking to ourselves. I like, don't want to fall. No, no. Not a bad place to how, die. No, about how brutal it was going to be to walk back up. <laughs> <laughs> Falling, schmalling. This was like the effort that it was going to be to get back up. But none of us said anything out loud. And when we finally got to the bottom, there was no lighthouse at all. <laughs> Nothing. There was the remains of its original foundation, which was not well maintained at all, like the rest of everything else on the island. Unlike our little Jamestown foundation. Yes, our foundation's nice. But so we, the four of us had a big laugh at that and then turned around and we're like, oh, and up we went. When we finally got to the top and took a breath, we decided to not to repeat our steps, go back in a different way. So we chose this lake, if you're looking at the coastline, the northwestern most outer route that you could take. And it had a map. I mean, it had like what looked like a street on the on Google Maps. And it turned quickly, like five minutes in, into a dirt path wide enough for one person at a time. And the sea was right below us to our right. Tons of vegetation. It, it felt very tropical. And it was so, just walking on this dirt path was so unexpected and so awesome. So I think that's the beauty of getting lost. And in this case, it was literally a beaten path. <laughs> I always say off the beaten path. This was a beaten path from medieval ages, middle ages of people just walking the pr- perimeter of the island probably with their sheep and goats and whatever else. And then while still on this dirt path, all of a sudden we came up to a bench, a bench that fit the four of us. And it was made out of tree limbs that they had taken the bark off. So smooth, barkless tree limbs. And they did the same for a barrier fence that they put up in front of the bench, luckily, because it was a sheer drop down to the sea. And the three girls sat down. I went in the back in the, the woods behind them and took a picture of them just sitting there, not speaking, just looking out at the coast, which was the coast north of Napoli with the whole mountains that stretch almost all the way up to Rome, which is where we started the trip. And it was the most perfect hidden spot to randomly happen upon. And then when I sat down, the four of us just sat there And finally, when we talked, we're like, how perfect is Prochida? And um, I think that's where I'll leave you on this episode. Next week, I want to share our last day of this girl's trip, which was basically like that old phrase, planes, trains, and automobiles. (laughs) Or maybe that was a movie. Planes, trains, automobiles, and pizza, as I remember it. Well, actually, it was more like ferries, trains. (laughs) crazy taxi drivers, and then the pizza. But on top of all that, you have to throw in the complete and utter mayhem that was in Napoli on this weekend of Tutti Santi. And I was trying to let the girls taste pizza in its birthplace. And it was 
hysterical. It was the funniest day. Finally, we got ourselves to Rome to an airport by the hotel, which I found and was prior to going. I found this hotel. It was so nice with the most incredibly delicious, tasteful in terms of interior, beautiful restaurant. They had an outdoor pool. They had palm trees lit from below. I was like, man, this is the way to end a trip. Just like the way we ended the trip in Copenhagen. Exactly. Another amazing hotel. So that's my suggestion. Make the effort. Don't stay in a American chain like Motel Hilton. Six. Motel 6 Rome. <laughs> they have no they have like Hiltons and Hyatts next to airports and oh it was a, just the perfect way to end the trip. And basta. And after next week's episode we have a surprise awesome entertaining episode that I think you'll really like as well which is related to one of to three of the women from this trip. They're sisters. Okay. I've blabbed on, went over the 30 minutes probably. Sorry, JJ. Or no, that would make the woman JJ happy. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you next week. Ciao, ciao. Grazie mille. Ciao, ciao.